0: Every second Sunday of Lent, we hear about the Transfiguration, and it's such a big topic, such a mysterious gospel, it's hard really to address it in totality. There were two details that stuck out to me in reading it that I think paint a bigger picture of why we hear about it in Lent that we might not be aware of. This first detail, is peter and his tents peter and his tents how he wants to build his three tents he wants to build them badly and a lot of times we reflect on this saying peter wants to build three tents jesus says no we have to come down the mountain but never in the gospel does jesus say that and never in the gospel does the father say that in fact it's peter's own decision to shut his mouth Let's just reread this for one second. As they were about to part from him, Peter said to Jesus, Master, it is good that we are here. Let us make three tents, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. But he did not know what he was saying. And while he was still speaking, a cloud came and cast a shadow over them. And they became frightened when they entered the cloud then from the cloud came a voice that said this is my chosen son listen to him while he was still speaking a cloud came over him and that's whenever he stopped talking to backtrack a little bit and why peter is so enamored and then why he becomes frightened is because of this beauty of the transfiguration that Jesus is now radiating. He is glowing with the glory of God. But this beauty that Jesus has is not something that comes from the exterior as much as it comes from the interior. It radiates from his actual soul. Now, there's a philosopher named Joseph Pieper who talks about one virtue that causes us to radiate with beauty, one virtue amongst all the others that actually affects the beauty that we have. And that is the virtue of temperance. And for those uh, who may not be unaware with the terminology of this virtue, temperance is usually the virtue that we used to say, quit eating so much, quit drinking so much, um, and restrain yourself as as far as chastity goes. But temperance is much bigger than that. And temperance is a virtue that we normally address as Catholics during Lent. And we address it, though, not as something that causes us interior beauty, but as something that causes exterior beauty. In other words, we approach temperance like this. It's a good time to lose a few pounds during Lent. Remember that belt buckle and where it was on the fourth you know, hole instead of the third one. Maybe it's time to start working out during Lent. We address during Lent exterior beauty, but temperance is actually meant to change us interiorly. And this is why Peter becomes a little bit afraid. Because while Moses and Elijah are able to behold the Lord and be there Whenever the presence of a cloud, which is God's presence, comes into Mount Tabor. is because Moses and Elijah do that whenever they live their earthly life. They experience the Lord's presence. Moses, in the form of a cloud, whenever he receives the law. Elijah, on the mountain, whenever he hears God's voice. But only after doing one common thing. They both... Fast for 40 days and 40 nights. Both fast for 40 days and 40 nights. Because what the virtue of temperance is, Heber says, it's not simply moderating our appetites. It's not the virtue of moderation. Moderation is not a virtue. What temperance does is that it orders us interiorly, in a way in which we are selflessly self-preserved. We are selflessly self-preserved. And Peter recognizes that in himself that he is not. He recognizes one of the things that he has lost through sin. St. Thomas says that in the fall, we lost four things. We lost the ability to live forever. We lost our immortality. We lost the ability to not suffer. Now we suffer. We lost impassibility. We lost a special knowledge that we had of God. Now we know him dimly as through a mirror. But the fourth thing that we lost, and perhaps the most grave that we lost, is the gift of integrity. Is the gift of integrity. That what I desire is what I choose, and what I choose is what I know to be good. That I have one heart. I'm single-hearted. And this is what temperance does for us, and this is why temperance makes us beautiful. Because in being a person that is single-hearted, it radiates from us from the inside out. Pieper says this, temperance loudly proclaims itself in everything that manifests a personality. In the order, on the order or disorder of a person's features, in his attitude, in his laugh, in his handwriting. Temperance can hardly remain purely interior, but rather it forms the whole body. The temperate person manifests that he has a single heart, and Peter falls down in fear in the presence of God because he recognizes that God wants his whole heart and that he can't give it to him because his heart is too spread out in love of different things and because of that he falls in fear but temperance is something attainable and it is not something that, that we look at ourselves, and we look at how spread thin our hearts and minds are, and we remain in fear. So this leads to the second point, the second detail that is significant, but nonetheless interesting. This is what the gospel says. After the voice had spoken, Jesus was found alone. After the voice had spoken, Jesus was found alone. That once Christ is found alone and no longer Moses and Elijah are present, the law and the prophets, the majestic but intimidating presence of the Father, once all of that has disappeared, it is simply Jesus and his humanity that promises Peter, James, and John will receive this irradiation, this radiating beauty this infused temperance that the tradition calls this virtue. And we know how he will do it through his humanity in this way. The second reading says that Jesus will change our lowly body to conform with his glorified body, the transfigured body, by what power, but by the power that enables him also to bring all things into subjection to himself by the power that allows him to bring all things into subjection to himself, by his power to dominate, by his power to have dominion. Whenever Christ permanently takes on this glorified body, he takes it on in a certain significant form. He takes it on when he is first seen in the shape or under the figure, the guise of a gardener, as Mary Magdalene thinks that he is the gardener after he rises from the tomb. And as the gardener, he is the new Adam who receives this same charge from Adam to dominate the earth and to be fruitful. And so now he dominates the human heart and he is fruitful in it. We all know people who strive to be temperate not only exteriorly, But interiorly, and because Christ is not the cause of this temperance, but they are by their own efforts, just being around them makes us anxious. It makes us nervous. These people that seem to have it all together, but actually interiorly, they're saying, I want to have it all together. And just being around them is an anxious experience. And so this is the other thing, the other side of temperance, is that we know that we are called to it, but a lot of times we try to order our desires accordingly without Jesus being the gardener to come and till the soil of our heart and to dominate our desires. To till the soil of our heart and to dominate our desires. This kind of anxiety happens in the person who seems to have it all together or thinks themselves to have it all together, but is never a pleasure to be around because Pieper says that one of the symptoms of temperance is serenity of spirit, is serenity of spirit. That because I'm so interiorly ordered Everything just flows naturally. Now, how is this cultivated? How is this serenity of spirit achieved? It comes back to that fundamental commandment, the most important commandment that Jesus gives us, that we should love the Lord with all our heart, with all our soul, and with all our strength. It does us no good. And it is futile to put together this kind of piecemeal personality where I seem to have it all together and I'm not actually giving my heart over to the Lord. Only in single and wholeheartedly giving myself over to the Lord will he take my desires and order them correctly. Because I will have tasted and seen and known the Lord, then I will taste and see that other things pale in comparison and that he is the gardener that should come into my heart to dominate my desires and so to be fruitful with his grace. The Lord desires to implant in us this radiating beauty. He desires to give us this infused temperance to order us so profoundly from the inside out that we can radiate with his presence, that we can radiate as people with a single and whole heart, single and wholeheartedly serene enough to love the Lord with all our mind, with all our soul, and with all our strength.